to understand what allowed the current opioid addiction epidemic to become so severe, we might turn to one significant period in America's history of opioid use, the Civil War era. In our fourth episode of The Pearls of Poppy, we will discuss how the opioid use in the United States during the Civil War era was characterized by overprescription and biased policy. To start off, can you briefly explain why this period was significant in America's history with opioids and how this period allows us to understand the larger systems of corruption at work? Sure, think of it this way. This type of exploitation characterizes several significant surges of opioid dependency and addiction in the United States and global history, as we've learned in our other episodes. The 19th century opiate epidemic was actually sort of an accident. But even when bigger systems weren't explicitly encouraging the distribution of opiates with the knowledge that it would harm millions, even though there was definitely proof of morphine and opium's deadly nature at the time, the epidemic nonetheless became incredibly severe. Its severity outlines the danger, the dangerous nature of opiates, as well as the fact that even with no intention of exploiting patients and physicians for profit, one in 200 Americans were ultimately impacted by morphine and opium's growing presence in American medicine. You've said before that the opioid epidemic in the US can be characterized by quote unquote, progress, conflict, and exploitation. Obviously, the conflict here is the Civil War, but could you elaborate a bit on how progress characterizes this epidemic? No problem. Each significant wave of opiate addiction epidemic in the U.S.'s history is marked by the introduction of a new scientific or medicinal technology concerning opiates. In the 1840s and 50s, just before America saw its first opiate addiction epidemic, the hypodermic syringe made an appearance as an effective way to administer morphine. It quickly became the primary mode of opium and morphine administration by physicians, which encouraged profound overprescription. I want to pause here to note that medicine as we know it today would not exist without this syringe and without opium. The profit derived from overprescriptions allowed medicine to become the field that it is today, and the beneficiaries of those inventions and epidemic, the U.S.'s biggest medical hub, such as Boston's medical field, for example, became renowned for scientific innovation because of opium and morphine in part. Wow. Could you tell me a little bit more about the people who were impacted by this epidemic? Those exploited maybe? Sure. So during the Civil War, the Union Army issued millions of opium pills and millions more ounces of opium powder to its soldiers. While opium cured little, it was the fastest and most effective way to treat everything from the smallest injuries to the pain of death. One 19th century physician named Horace B. Day convincingly argued that the growing number of habitual opium eaters and morphine users was largely a result of the war. Maimed, quote, maimed and shattered survivors from a hundred battlefields, diseased and disabled soldiers released from hostile prisons have found, many of them, temporarily, temporary relief from, the suffering, from their sufferings in opium, end quote. The conflict and suffering that resulted from the Civil War undoubtedly set the stage for an opiate epidemic um, that would have permanent impacts on American pharmaceuticals and opiate use. Were those Civil War vets who suffered from opioid addiction the only ones to be impacted by the epidemic in the 19th century? 
Thanks for the question. Actually, no. Soon after the war, doctors began to prescribe predominantly middle and upper class white women opiates to treat menstrual cramps, nervous exhaustion, hysteria, neuralgia, and a host of other vaguely defined nervous disorders. Doctors freely prescribed women significant amounts of opiates to treat what today would be recognized as, quote, a combination of genuine disease, sexual repression, and overly casual diagnosis, end quote. Moreover, physicians of the 19th century typically subscribe to the sexist and unsubstantiated notion that the female nervous system was fragile, was fragile and unequal to the demands of contemporary life. As a result, by 1880, it is estimated that over 70% of opium addicts in the United States were women. Following the Civil War, America found itself with the perfect conditions for an epidemic. The introduction of the hypodermic syringe encouraged more physicians to administer opiates. Suffering and conflict resulted from, resulting from the Civil War incited a need for opiates. The exploitation of injured soldiers and women seeking treatment encouraged the growing popularity of opiates and medical quote unquote progress surrounding female physiology and psychology permitted doctors to freely prescribe women opiates. Only in 1895 did the opiate epidemic become so severe and harmful, and the harmful nature of overprescribing opiates so obvious that this first wave finally began to slow down. Thanks so much. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to briefly turn to the current opioid epidemic and discuss the power of big pharma. Sure. As you know, opioid addicted addiction related deaths have been steadily increasing in the U.S. over the past few decades. And people started to question why opiates, why opioids were being prescribed at such high rates. Through the 1980s and 1990s, the number of opioid prescriptions were increasing, but it still wasn't until the introduction of Oxycontin that prescriptions began to rapidly increase. Big Pharma drove this increase in the prescriptions by lobbying lawmakers, sponsoring medical education courses, and reaching out to individual doctors to promote opioids. Meanwhile, Big Pharma broadcasted opioids as a very safe drug with low addiction rates. Rather than questioning the information surrounding these new pain relievers, doctors followed along and heavily prescribed them. What motivated Big Pharma to promote increased opioid prescriptions? Big Pharma is profit-driven and makes an enormous profits on all drugs in general, but opioids are especially profitable because of their highly addictive nature and because they treat, they treat pain more effectively than nearly any other, if not all, substances. So just how profitable are we talking? Big Pharma is allowed to set their own prices on drugs due to a lack of regulations. We're talking billions of dollar profit from a single drug in a matter of weeks. Well, how is that possible? Big Pharma has so much political power in the U.S. that lobbyists have actually gotten Congress to not regulate the price of many drugs. Big Pharma is responsible for enabling, enabling drugs, drug companies to keep drug prices unreasonably and exploit, exploitatively high. These Machiavellian companies choose to capitalize on the vulnerability of every single patient whose life depends on the access to the drug, and tens of thousands of Americans are dying each year because of it. 